And so that's what these flavor scientists do. Yeah, you were do. like, oh, is that mayo? Right? Yeah. And there was some PhD chemist somewhere knows exactly yeah. which atoms to bond together to make it seem like your your corn chip had and mayo and pickles God, on it. Just what else could they be doing with the brilliance? Curing cancer! <laughs> Anything. Yeah. But they're Dorito scientists instead. And... Uh, I just think about that a lot. Well, that's all right. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your <laughs> Thank you for your service. I'm saluting right now. Oh, God. No offense to, to anyone who has actually American. served. We're cutting all this, right? Oh, you bet. Okay, good. <laughs> Welcome to Monsters Conquer the World. I'm Matt, and I'm joined once again by Ralph. Hello. Uh, This is a podcast where Ralph and I yak about monster stuff, especially kaiju flicks. I'm a lifelong dyed-in-the-wool superfan, while Ralph brings a fresh, incisive perspective to the creature feature chaos. That's what they say. (laughs) Uh, We're diving into 2016's kaiju dark comedy, Colossal. And this episode is brought to you by uh, our patron and just cool guy that we know, Riccio. Sweet, wonderful boy. My, my darling boy. My <laughs> shining boy. Uh, yeah, he, he achieved Godzilla status uh, as our patron and, and said, hey, fuckers, watch Colossal, okay? And we did it. We acquiesced. I do usually don't like when people swear at me but uh, we did it we did yep we followed our orders we were very <laughs> it, it was it was not as militaristic as maybe i made it out to be <laughs> you always watch the film it was very clockwork orange watch strapped... the film <laughs> with the 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 wire eye spreaders and <clears throat> yeah yeah uh, no, I actually I had never seen this before. Uh, it's and it wasn't it wasn't that I crossed my arms and said I don't want to watch this one. It was one of those movies where it came out. I saw the trailer and thought that looks cool, and then just like life happens, yeah. and I never got around to seeing it. And it is a little out of your usual. Uh, like I know the things that you get excited about, and it's the big, big monster movies, and this yeah. is like sort of artsier. Yeah. Um, not not as much smashing of things and more of like actual like like introspection and things that we don't want to do all the time when we watch monster movies. Right. It's it's a it, uh, introspective is I think dead on. It's a thoughtful movie. It's it's more of an indie thriller drama that happens yeah. to have monsters in it. Right. It is actually I like that. it's a lot of things at one time. Yes. One thing that came up in, I was looking at reviews and things about the movie, and one thing that came up that I think is extremely fitting is the term genre bender. Yeah. I think this is big time a genre bender, and I love a genre bender. It definitely is that, because you get halfway through, and um, you're kind of wondering, like, what is, seriously, what is this? Where are we going? Um, Yeah, I, I had a... A whole set of ideas for the first half of the movie, and then the second half of the movie, it completely changed. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that quite a yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. We're we're doing spoilers, right? We can we can spoil th- this like some old ass milk. I think we have to spoil it. So to talk about it, yeah. this is on Hulu. Yes. So if you ha- if you have Hulu, you could just go watch it. 
um, it's definitely worth watching. Absolutely. Um, and especially if you're going to listen to this, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, to know what we're going to be talking about. It's so spoiler free. Quick micro thoughts. This is a cool ass movie, and I, I absolutely. If you listen to this podcast, I recommend it. Yeah, for sure. And if you haven't seen it yet, go, go watch it, yeah. and we'll allow it. Yeah. Hit pause on us. <laughs> right. And then you know, make yourself a sandwich. Get yourself some Cheetos. Yeah. Get. Get buckle up. Get real comfy. Strap in. You're about to get fucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, kind of, yeah. yes. Uh, um, so, yeah, before we accidentally and drunkenly demolish downtown Seoul, uh, in addition to thanking Riccio, I, I also w- want to give a quick thanks to our alluring and brilliant patrons. <laughs> you know who you are. Yeah, y'all. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you dang stinkers. Uh, so, real quick, uh, just just to give a little background on where the doink this movie came from. Uh, This was directed by Nacho Vigalando, who is not exactly a household name, but I... But what a name. It's a great name, right? It really pops. Um, And I actually knew of this guy prior to this because he did a 2007 flick called Time Crimes, which is... Time Crimes. Yeah. It's a one word. Right, all one word. It's a real goofy title, but it's another, like, clever you know, sci-fi thriller genre bender. And I would also recommend it. Like there's no big monsters naturally, but well, I mean, it could have big monsters, but in this case it does not, but it's another, like it's sharp, it's dark, it's funny. And I think it's super worth checking out. Yeah. I, we, we always see it come up in the menu and we're like, Oh, okay. Time crimes. And then you move on. <laughs> Cause it, it's such a goofy yeah. title. And I, w- I would just say, Look Look beyond the <laughs> rhyming single word cornball yeah, title. It's, um, I'm glad that I saw this one first from this director. Yeah. Uh, I heard that Time Crimes, I, from other sources, I heard Time Crimes wasn't so great. That's why we, ah, we didn't watch it. Fair enough. It obviously sticks out when you come yeah. across the name. Yeah. But uh, it is entirely possible that I just have bad taste no, <laughs> and thought it was cool. We know better. <laughs> Uh, the other the other uh, behind-the-scenes name I want to throw out there is Bear McCreary. He composed the music for this, and if you have seen Godzilla mm. King of the Monsters, you heard his work in that. Or if you are a Walking Dead fan, you've heard his work in that. He's, uh, yeah, his uh, his stuff is, is good. I yeah. like it. Yeah, he does a really good job. I didn't know that he did these. Uh, I didn't know that he did this movie or Walking Dead. Yeah, I just thought he did Godzilla, and like that was like his breakthrough. Or... I mean, I would say, I would say it is because the stuff he did for Godzilla was fucking wild. Like yeah. with the the Japanese chanting and stuff is so like strange, but it feels perfect in hindsight. I've got to assume though he wouldn't have gotten Godzilla if he didn't do Walking Dead first, right? Oh, that's my guess. Yeah, because yeah. so his that, his yeah. work on Walking Dead is pretty iconic. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's uh it's some good shit. Uh the other the other in front of the camera person that I want to name drop real quick because she kind of is also part of how this even got made is of course the star Anne Hathaway. Okay. She signed on before the movie even was funded. I didn't know that. Yeah, she she got a hold of the script and it reminded her of being John Malkovich, which she's a huge oh, fan of and yeah. that just that's that got her in the door and I think once 
it's probably pretty hard to sell a giant monster psychological <laughs> thriller comedy, but when you can say, "Hey, I've got Anne Hathaway in it," that probably like loosens up yeah, the purse strings. Just, oh yeah, she's on board. But I don't know. I have a lot of I have thoughts about acting in this movie, and okay. I I put um, Jason Sudeikis in this movie uh, is phenomenal. It's crazy. The per- his performance is fucking nuts and Anne Hathaway to me and this is totally just my opinion but I've never been able to buy her as anything you know she always seems like acting yeah like um in a it's not theatrical but I can tell that she's like a theater nerd okay who is acting I don't know if that makes any sense and I'm also explaining it terribly no no but there's a way that the People carry themselves if they've been in theater a long time and then they go to film and it's totally different. Yeah. No, I, it's I sort of Disney-fied. Yeah. That's a, that's a good word for it. Or it's just, it's instead of a natural performance where your brain forgets acting is happening, it's, yeah. Oh, she's acting. Yeah. It's she's just acting. noticeable. She's acting and you can see that she's acting and, with Jason Sudeikis, since he's a comedian, I think like you you actually have to be more convincing when you're doing comedy, especially as dry as he does it. Yep. So he really is able to like really fuck with you. Yes. Like to draw you in and then betray you. Yeah. And wow, I mean, it's it's powerful shit. Yeah, we'll get into it. I well, I, I I agree with you 100%. I I do not make it a secret. I think Comedy actors are at a higher level of acting than yeah. most actor actors. Yeah. I think if you if you can do comedy, you're already acting in fucking hard mode. Every, any, <laughs> anybody can look sad. If you can yeah. do shit that is funny and and pull that off, to me, that, that like Jim Carrey, surprise, he was pretty good at dramatic acting. Yeah. Robin Williams, surprise, he was pretty good at dramatic yeah. acting. Like it shouldn't be a surprise anymore when a comedy actor switches gears into something more dramatic yeah. and they fucking crush it. The only issue that ever happens is when uh, like you have um, a Zach Galifianakis or a Tim Heidecker and it doesn't take that long, but the first time you see them do serious stuff, you're like, oh, huh. <laughs> You know, right? Oh, you have they to play, switch. They play it so dry, yes. That you're like, you think that everything they say is a joke, right? You almost but, have to deprogram. Yeah. You have, yeah, you, you have to go back and. But I mean, usually they're in movies where somebody gets cut up or something. So, it, <laughs> like, it doesn't take long before you adjust, right? But, um, but there is that period. You're right, where yeah. you have to kind of switch gears and and go. Oh, wait a second. Mm-hmm. This is this is not a bit. And this was not all to crap on Anne Hathaway. I think she's a fine actress. I just, I notice that she's acting. Right. I don't notice that Jason Sudeikis is acting. Oh, and that makes sense. He's actually just like an empty vessel that can be filled with a character. I'm worried about him. Yes. Yes. It's, oh man. Should we just jump straight into it? Should we just, let's just warp speed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, the the short version because I I do I want to kind of laser in on Jason Sudeikis because holy oh, okay. shit it's yeah. out of control but we'll kind of just bounce through the uh, the story uh, as it points. starts 
Yeah. Yeah. Because, so it kicks off, because Anne Hathaway is our protagonist. Yeah. It kicks off with her getting kicked out uh, by her boyfriend because she's she's kind of a party girl. She does yeah. a lot of drinking, and uh, she, she gets kicked out and has to kind of start over in her, in her own hometown. Yeah. She moves into her parents' old house, and uh, she's... I hate to use this phrase, but it, I think it applies here. She's bad at, quote-unquote, adulting. Yeah, that is a bad phrase. It's a gross... It's she, a, but she is bad at it. Yeah. Right. Like that's. I feel like that's a succinct way to put her whole thing, her whole deal. Because <laughs> well, she, she does things like... Uh, she, she just buys an air mattress and throws it in the middle of the living room at her parents' house and kind of just sprawls out on it. And yeah. just these... The kind of core life skills. And it's, it's kind of fun to see... A, a leading woman in a movie kind of fall into that character type because I feel like that's more of a usually it's the dirtbag guy. It's a dude, yeah. right? Like in a in a stoner bro comedy who's like, oh, but I just right. do bad at stuff. So and, it's kind of refreshing to see. And a, we're supposed a lady. to relate to him, and well, I guess you're supposed to relate to her too. Totally. Um, I mean, she she is bad at uh, being an adult, but I took that as more of like an extension of her like crazy raging alcoholism because uh like every moment in the first half ish third first third at least she's like either blitzed or hung over so like i took that as like when i am you know not at my best and if like you just don't feel like going out and getting a mattress like you yeah. just get the air mattress because when she gets a job she holds down the job you know that's true like she's an adult for sure it's just she's like she's got demons yes running up all through her beetlejuice style yes <laughs> i that i think that's really important that she has that too because if she if if she showed up as this blameless saint. I feel like the movie wouldn't stick. It makes her more relatable and it makes it makes her more vulnerable. Yeah. And it makes her relationships with um Oscar, Jason Sudeikis's character, and her ex, Tim, it makes that all play out uh a lot more dramatically, I and think. It makes the the when she comes out of that, it makes it even better. Yeah. And uh, it makes other events down the line even more of a surprise. So, yeah, it makes her it makes her easy to root for. And and you you want her to kind of. Yeah. Overcome. So she starts out bad. It's stuff. Yeah. And then um, what do we find out from there? Well, so she gets she she moves back home. She's kind of trying to put some sort of life together. And then she run pretty pretty early on. She runs into Oscar. Uh, played by Jason Sudeikis, this childhood friend of hers yeah. who just seems like a cool, helpful dude who who kind of spots her. And, nice and, hometown boy. Yeah. A lot of flannel, yeah. you know, drives uh, a pickup yeah. truck. My, the first thing that I wrote down was I totally buy Jason Sudeikis as a small town guy. But also, he's he, he's terrifying later. <laughs> God, dude, it's fucking wild. So... Yeah, should we? I mean, I feel like we kind of set the stage. I mean, we also, so Oscar scoops her up, sees she's on hard luck, 
and offers her a job at his bar. Yeah. And helps her out with some shit, like brings her a TV and stuff and kind of helps her. Furniture, yeah, uh, furnishes her, her entire house for yeah. her yeah. while she's going through this difficult time. And she begins, uh, well, the reason that she gets better is the, uh, the crux of the monster stuff. Yeah. The the reasoning for it is um, what she's walking through the park while she's drunk and then she goes and falls asleep on her air mattress that we talked about and then what she wakes up the next morning and sees stuff on TV, right? Yes. Yeah, so she yeah. she has a late night at the bar um and and yeah, like you said, she happens to pass through this playground on her way home. And yeah. and so yeah, when she wakes up the next day, In- there's news reports of a fucking 300 foot tall monster in Seoul, South Korea, just trashing shit randomly, and yeah. then it disappears a couple minutes later. And as she's walking through that park, you can see footsteps being left in the wood chips. Yeah. Which, I don't know, that stuck out to me, and I didn't know what what was going on, but it was just like, ah, oh, that's going to be important later. <laughs> and it was. Yes. So uh, what they find out over time is that uh, basically, she's causing the chaos in Seoul. When when she walks through this park, for some reason, a monster appears in Seoul, South Korea, and uh, just walks through. Um, it does, yeah. It, 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 it just it does whatever she. Does. It does whatever she does. So when she scratches her head, it scratches its head, um, and she is knocking over buildings as she walks through this park and doesn't. Obviously Has doesn't no know. Idea. Yeah. Um, which, now that I'm saying it out loud, is the most insane thing I've ever said out loud. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It sounds like a child explaining something, and some someone might actually listen to this and not watch the movie first. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, big mistake. Yeah, yeah no, I don't. It <laughs> When it happens in the movie, it makes sense. Right. Which... So, Again, is kind of a wild thing and, to say because what and, we've just described is nonsense. And what I just described is something that's actually kind of cool, but it's going to sound like the dumbest shit in the world. <laughs> it might sound like the yeah. ravings of a lunatic. Right. But when you're when you watch the movie, when you watch the movie and you're engaged and it plays out, it's 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 this movie is paced perfectly. Yeah. It they ratchet up the stakes at just the right speed, at just the right time, and what sounds like insanity when we just descri- when we're just two ding dongs describing it. When it happens in the movie, you're in it. You're like, yeah. oh shit! It's this it's this weird discovery that she makes, and I love how it plays out because once she makes that connection, then she tries to explain it to Oscar and their two bar buddies. Yeah, and they go, "What? No, what the fuck are you talking you, about?" Yeah. Are you like, how drunk are you? Right. And then she goes and shows them by uh, demoing, I think, what is it? Oscar's terrible <laughs> dance moves. I thought they were hers, but it doesn't matter really. She they does go some... to the park all together and they're yeah. all drunk. And, and one of them's, one of them is filming her and the other one is watching the news on their phone. Yeah. So they can see uh, the news from South Korea as she is making these uh, grand gestures with her arms. Yeah. Which were dance moves yeah so the monster's dancing right 
So there's no there's no question now that she is controlling yeah. this monster. So it's then not Oscar a walks in to I don't know. Uh, he walked into the park for some reason. They figure out that he's a big robot. Yes. None of the rest of them are anything. It's just her and him. She's a monster and he's a, yeah. a big old robot. Yes. And and you're going, okay, I guess since I've accepted everything else in the movie, I'm going to accept all of this too. Right. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I'm trying, I'm kind of racking my brain. I don't know. Did anyone else ever step into that part of the playground at the same time? They were all, yeah. Okay. And I couldn't remember if if other people had had been like in that kind of rough area or not. I mean, it's explained later what's what's fully going on here, but I don't know if it's possible that other people could no later sync up with monsters. Later but in yeah. the movie, he's standing there like right next to his friend who. And, and oh, okay. he's knocking stuff down, and the friend's just is is not not even visible. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, thank you. Which it's I mean it's part of the movie anyway that is just them. Right. So. Yeah, they get into yeah. There's yeah. a a flashback later. Yeah. Which I don't know. What did you think of the flashback? Because I mean, it establishes Oscar at you know what his whole deal is. But as far as explaining the monster connection, I was. I didn't I, I I didn't I didn't watch this movie and think, hang on, why is it why do monsters happen when they go there? I kind of just accepted it as sort of like a like are you familiar with magical realism in literature and stuff? Um no, not off the top of my head. I am not a well-educated person. So <laughs> what well, no, but magical a, realism magical realism is just a, a like a a stripe of fiction where it it's it's essentially the real world, but there'll be like an aspect or two that is fantastical or supernatural. Like, uh, right. Liar. For some reason, liar, liar is the first thing that jumps into my head because that it's, makes sense though, because it takes place in the real world. The only thing that's different is that a little boy's birthday wish came true. Yeah, you know what I mean? He made a wish and yeah. Okay. I get and it. so it would be like if in liar, liar, there was a scene at the candle factory that showed that a ghost went into the candle and he granted like, I don't right. Who gives a shit? The wish came true. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so this is the same thing, I guess, uh, it, at least from the way you explain it, that sounds like a similar thing, but, uh, I guess we can say the, the reason, um, that she was a monster and he was a robot is that they had sort of, uh, she had a monster in her backpack. You remember seeing that? Yep. So I think that it was like whatever they had on them, uh, they projected into these things, and then it appeared elsewhere. Right. right. They have they they flash back. The flashback scene is like twenty five years ago, and they're both kids walking to school, and they have this this kind of violent showdown in this same geographical place at the same time. And there's like a a lightning storm, and yeah. it like channels all this all this you know turbulent psychic juju into yeah. yeah like you said her monster action figure and his robot action figure and that's think, kind of the i think a lot of the stuff when they're kids uh what they're showing from a flashback is not meant to be taken as a literal happening um as much as like it's these events are just meant to depict what was happening okay in her when this happened because when they flash back just for people who maybe haven't seen it they flash back to a time 
and they do this at the end of the movie because that's what is actually dramatically right. Oh yeah, of course. Logical. They they really stretch it out across the whole movie. A lot. Yeah, that's true. I maybe shouldn't have jumped into no, it. No, it's but, fine because yeah. we're here now, so right. we can do it. But she, uh, they are both walking to school, and they're carrying um, projects that they made, like uh, cityscapes. And I believe she made Soul. Ooh, yeah. And it blew away. Like the, a big gust of wind came and it blew over a fence. And then Jason Sudeikis's boy character jumps over the fence and um, and goes to get it for her. Yes. She, again, she hops over the fence after him and then sees him stomping the shit out of her project. Uh, so he appeared to be a nice guy and does this awful thing to her. So, yes, there's a lightning storm after, and you see there's a shot of her little monster figure that she has in her backpack, which I just I think that's like when she's looking back on this, maybe she remembers there's a lightning storm or something like it's that. It's me- maybe meant to be maybe more Maybe it's magic. Maybe it's sim- symbolism. But, like... Basically, like, all the parts are there. Like, you can pick up what is trying to be said with this moment. It's a very big moment. And, um, like, a lot of things in childhood, maybe when you're an adult, you might just go, like, oh, what the fuck, you know? And then you move on with your life. But when you're a kid, it like, and you worked on a project so hard, it's actually... soul destroying yeah like so it's like a knife to the gut when you're a kid so that you we've already given you the window into jason sudeikis's soul so what happens is she figures out that she's killing people in seoul south korea and she starts to feel bad so she cleans up her act and after that matthew after that it's sure it picks up yeah business has just picked up <laughs> because do you want to take this uh no i'm oh, I, okay i'm like wrapped actually it's like it's like i'm in it again okay <laughs> so jason sudeikis uh after she has cleaned up her act and you know he you you've seen that he has a, a bit of a crush on her uh, or at least some kind of feelings like that. And what happens is she's working at his bar also as sort of a, like, I'm going to clean up my act sort of thing. And he just starts abusing her services. Like, uh, anytime he needs anything, if he needs a beer, if he needs the toilet cleaned, if toilet cleaned <laughs> or anything, he makes her go do it. Um, her boyfriend comes to visit. He totally wrecks it yeah. by like being the creepiest fucker you've ever seen in your life. Oh yeah. Creepier than the shining yeah. type shit. It where it, you're like actually afraid to look in a man's eyes. Yes. I was, I, yeah. So the, the it takes a turn. Uh, Tim quote unquote on business quote unquote happens to be in town Tim her English boyfriend who I also don't like but for way different reasons he is Tim is outwardly and obviously kind of a manipulative dick whereas sort of but also he's 
you can tell he's been they've been through a lot of shit together. Yes. Where like she's put him through a lot where maybe he's not at his best, you know? Oh, sure. No, there's definitely there's with with Tim and Gloria, there's clearly some you know, a give and take. They both wronged each other in different ways. They're not good for each other. Right. And but at least with Tim, you pretty much know what you're getting into. He's a person. Yeah. He's somewhere in the spectrum of normal person. Yes. Whereas Oscar lures you in by being this great friend, the kind of person you want to have yeah. when you're down on your luck. Right. Kind of a, a strong figure that can help you through a tough time until yeah. he's not, until, like you said, suddenly he's barking orders at you and belittling you in front of his friends. And so when Tim comes to town and visits the bar, the scariest, most intense scene in the movie happens, as far as I'm concerned. My fucking blood ran cold yeah. during this whole thing. Uh, because Oscar flies into this monologue about what the most irresponsible thing he could do at the bar is. And there are other people in the fucking bar, like, trying to get a cup of coffee. He screams at them. He starts throwing chairs. It and it never it never turns into like scenery chewing over the topness. It just feels like a real person has a, a screw loose. He just looks directly into Tim's eyes and says, "What do you think is the most irresponsible thing that you could do in this bar?" And then he just lets it sit for a little bit, and then he says, "I'm going to show you." There's obviously way more attention than I just gave you, but like. He just pulls out a big old um, firework. It's like a, it's the size of like a barrel. Right. And he sets it off in the bar. Yeah. And he's like, you better clear out everybody. And just sets this thing off in the bar. His bar that he owns. His own and bar. Like restored. Tim obviously is like, hey, I'm getting out of here. And he's like, and then um, Jason Sudeikis says, well, you're leaving, but I'm pretty sure Gloria is not going to leave. Yeah. And she doesn't. Be- because, and I don't know if we had covered this already, but when when Oscar makes his heel turn, he he starts forcing Gloria to drink. Again. Yes, we did not cover that, and that's he, very important. He, he noticed that she stopped drinking, and when she's not drinking, it's harder for him to control her. So he right. says, you're going to drink, or I'm going to go to Seoul and kill 10,000 fucking people. That's his big threat, is he... <sighs> It's, uh, I mean, I guess I was going to chills just thinking right. about it. It's extremely upsetting. It it really is. And I was going to say it's, uh, it's a like it's a lot like cults. Yes. Where, um, they're, they're very sweet to get you in and then they just won't let you leave. Yep. And, and that's, I think really the, that's like a perfect analogy. Yeah. That is the, yeah, the, the very distinctive thing about cults or that sort of, abusive relationships too yeah is if you leave me i'll kill myself or some shit like that right you're not allowed to leave yeah so that that's exactly it and it's just one of those things that um he'll he'll do anything he'll do or say anything and he'll like kill a bunch of south koreans for no reason just to keep you under his thumb right what the fuck dude and 
what is doubly insidious to me is, and I, I can't remember where this falls chronologically in the movie, but they have an altercation at some point. I think this is before the most irresponsible thing I can do scene. There's an Gloria and Oscar have this altercation at the playground and she, she smacks someone across the face and it, (laughs) and, and, we see the South Korean point of view, which is the big monster slapping right. the big ro- robot in the face, and it becomes this viral sensation. Oh, and it they're a big very meme. happy about that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he starts to want to perform after that too, where he, he's like, "Okay, we're going to the park, and yeah. you're going to hit me again." Because <laughs> they're getting business yeah. at the bar because people come to watch this on his yeah. big screen. But he he flips a shit that night. That's like the first. That's the first time he gets really aggressive and violent with her. And then the next day, it's it's all crocodile tears. It's all yeah. you know. He's he's the sad sack in his house, and he's apologizing profusely. Oh, it'll never happen again. I was drunk. This, that, and the other. Just saying anything to get her back on his side, and that's another just classic, uh, manipulator, abusive relationship right. thing. And it just. This is one of the scariest giant monster movies ever, and it has nothing to do with the giant monsters. It has monsters. nothing to do with the monsters. That's it's, a, what, it's a psychological thriller with a twist. Right, and it's not... Uh, other psychological thrillers will... You sort of see it coming, like, the turn. Like, there will be more hints along the way in the, in the first part of the movie that this person's not quite um, on the level, and they're not they're not totally with it. But... Then, but for some reason, this movie totally tricks you. Yeah. Where it's like, uh, I like this guy. You know, he's cool. Uh, well, not cool. I don't know. He's he's really he, nice he and seems, enjoyable, and yeah. you probably want to hang out with him. And then he just so quickly flips. And I'm not sure if it's like that. We're supposed to, um that we're supposed to be going along on her journey the whole time. So maybe it's just that she didn't see it coming because she was so fucked up. Um, and maybe they, the, the hints are buried because of that. Or it's, you know, it's, I, I can't really speak to that because since I didn't see the movie early enough, but I am a fan of big monster stuff. I did. Sudeikis's heel turn is one of the things that unfortunately I did know about going oh, in. Okay. So, I, but I will say this: I don't think they dropped any big hints prior to him starting to get shitty on like a more mundane level. Like, right? And I, I think what you said is dead on. I think it's that we're supposed to sort of experience this from Gloria's POV. Yeah. And she's in such a vulnerable kind of scrambled state that she didn't see this coming and she didn't remember what he was like as a kid. And that's, and that's why the flashback reveal at the end is so, so powerful is because it's finally all clicking for her. Like, Oh, he's always been a sack of shit. Right. The whole time. Um, the, mm. Yeah, the whole time you're basically following along and in with her and at the end of the movie like the triumph is her triumph, you know, and but what I'm saying is in the first half of the movie you might actually be forgiven if you were if you kind of like understood his position more. Sure. <laughs> because he was a total uh he was a relatable character. And you're like, "Okay, he's just guys helping out and like yeah. she's in trouble and like this is cool of him to do. Like yeah. how what what a good friend Jason. What a nice guy is. bringing by furniture that he's not using anymore to like 
Cause, about her, about his friend, yeah. Right. It was, I think it was extra furniture that he brought, right? It wasn't like he went and bought it. Right. Well, and yeah. it's interesting when we do, we only see his the inside of his home once, and it's during the big fake apology scene, and there's just shit everywhere. He's like a pack rat or a hoarder oh, you're or right. something. Yes. And so I, I, don't, I don't think the movie ever like spells this out explicitly, but I think he is some kind of hoarder pack rat and that furniture he was giving her is just extra shit he's got around the house because he's fucking crazy because he can't let anything go yeah yeah (laughs) yeah ding 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 yeah um i mean when you really get down to it they're both so messed up yes they're such messed up people and i i mean you just kind of figure out that like She's she's kind of messed up in in some small part because of what he did to her when she was a, when they were kids, you know. Because like I said, when you smash a a something you worked on for probably more than a couple nights, yeah. you know, um, like that's just soul soul crushing to a kid. So. Especially when it's served up in, because it mirrors adult Oscar. It's served up in this way where it seems like he's helping at first. Yeah, and and it, you almost think maybe he gets right. Some he kind did, he of follows the same joy pattern. in that. Yeah, yeah. He likes to to flip it on people. Yeah, and uh, actually do the wrong thing. Right. <laughs> the, the um, which is serial. Thing. It's serial killer stuff. Yeah. Where like, um, what's his name? Like BTK and and all that. Like he ha- he got a sense of joy out of like approaching children or something like that and acting like a nice guy and then uh murdering them later you know yeah. or or their parents or something so it's it's very twisted like you don't get the sense that um he's so far uh, that he's going to actually be a serial killer but he kind of was yeah just not in a direct way. Like yeah. he, he, he went out and killed who knows how many South Korean people. Yeah, exactly. But they set up the psychology where it's like, well, he's actually a killer. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. It's fucking wild. Yeah. This movie is really clever and it just consistently does stuff. I've watched a lot of giant monster movies. This one does a lot of shit. I've never seen in one of these movies before. One of my favorites is uh, kind of earlier on, when Gloria figures out what's actually happening and she's like, Oh shit, I accidentally killed so many people. And there's this fun, like mini plot where they go find somebody who's, who speaks South Korean and they, they write, they piece together this apology note. And then as a big monster, Gloria goes back to South oh. Korea and writes in the dirt, hey, I'm really sorry. Right. This it was won't all an accident. Again. And I'm yeah. like, fuck yeah, that's so great. And they cut to they cut to the bar, and this is after the monsters have become like a you know a, a thing to come view as a group at the bar. And there's one there's one like random extra who is me. Yeah. Because he goes, I knew it. I knew he was a good guy <laughs> monster. Right. And that <laughs> I loved seeing that spelled out so blatantly like that. That is, yeah, like you'd be watching every night. Yeah. Like, oh my god. Yeah. The, it it doesn't even have to be that big of a monster. If something twenty feet tall showed up, fuck yeah, that's my night every night until right. it's not in the news anymore. It, um, yeah, not to diminish that, but I had something on my mind. But uh, uh, get it. When you were talking, I thought, um, 
you know, she says she's very sorry. She writes it in the dirt. What a crazy thing to put in a movie, like just funny and at least. Yeah. But um, when she comes up against that that moment where she's like, "Oh, I'm I'm actually killing people," that's when she takes all of her damage and she starts to clean it up. Like she starts to figure everything out. Yeah. When he figures out that he's killing people, he's like, "Yeah." I can use this. Yeah. So it's sort of a study in in total opposites where like one person has empathy and that actually messes them up in a way. Yeah. And then the other person has none whatsoever. Yeah. And that's that messes them up too. Like he knows that he can't connect to people. That's why he's trying to keep her around, you yeah. know? It's it's he's sort a- of like when you don't have that feeling of uh of empathy or togetherness or like a being a part of the human race that's when people start going that direction yeah so it's i don't know it's he, very interesting to like see these two people next to each other and they they get along sort of on the surface but then when you start getting into it oh boy yeah for real and it's it's interesting that as much of a like scary sociopath as he is yeah they never fully want to dehumanize him because even even at the end when Gloria figures everything out she's like oh you hate yourself you're in a, you're exactly. such a sad person yeah and and that made me nervous because at the very end of the movie when which I I love how this movie resolved itself there's a hint uh that there's a hint as to what the finale is going to be and yeah. it's that in in her in her room in her or in her house, she's got like new stories and things pinned up about the monster and she's trying to figure out what the hell is this, what's going on. And one of the things that's in there is a map with a thread connecting wherever they are in the U S with Seoul, South Korea. And they have a big altercation. Uh, and it, it, you know, the house gets trashed a little bit. And when she comes back, that map is flipped upside down implying hinting to the audience that the playground to South Korea connection also works the other way. And when I saw, when I saw the upside down map, that light went off in my head and I was like, Oh my God, please let her go to South Korea. And she did. And it summoned the monster at the playground and she scoops up Jason Sudeikis as the monster and, uh, just tosses him. Well, right. But before she yeets him into the sunset, uh, (laughs) I was so scared they were going to go for some whack ass like moral victory thing where she would hold them and be like, ah, 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 you know, you shouldn't yeah. be bad and I'll be the bigger person and set you down. Oh, no, 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 fuck that it. launches him. He it's totally so earned satisfied. He totally earned that. Yeah. I just, there was the moment where I'm like, yeah. oh my God, please. You have to eat him or something or smash him, please. And she does did. scream in his face and it's yeah. like, that's a really good moment. Yes, it is. Um, it's so that whole that whole wrap up is so cathartic because there's another, there's a fake out where you think she's getting on the plane to go be with Tim. And I, and, and like, that would be like, I mean, it would be good for her to get away from Oscar and like, okay, sure. That would be a sort of good ending, but then they flip it on you at the last second and no, no, fuck that monster kill the guy. And it's, it's just the perfect catharsis after all of this buildup, after all of this, you know, ratcheting up the tension and ratcheting up the stakes so smoothly. It's a, I just really like how this movie ends. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I, I do like the whole thing. I like the whole thing as just like, I'm going to watch this once, uh, take in all of these uh, very cool, um, I don't know, uh, what what would you call them? Emotional, like, packets. Like, I don't know. <laughs> just, all of these different ideas that they throw in there. I, I loved watching it the first time. I'll probably never watch it again. Partially because it's such a head fuck. Yeah. And um, also just because, like, I feel like I got it. You know? Right. You you get you get through it. You're like, I, I get it. You know, you, you didn't really hide anything. Right. Right. There, there aren't, like, a, a wealth of things that will reveal themselves on a second viewing necessarily. Right. Exactly. So, uh, but it, it is a, it is a really good movie. Yeah. But it's, it's more of just, like, a good movie than a good monster movie. Yeah. Yeah, I would say the... I wouldn't say the monster stuff takes a backseat. Like, it is it is kind of a, a pivotal piece of the movie, but yeah. it's not necessarily the focus of it. The focus of it is this nightmare relationship that unfolds with Gloria and Oscar. Right. And it's in it's the like end, single you know, white female with a monster. Right. And, you, you know, it's soul, right? And the whole time I was like, Hoping that it wasn't actually soul, like a <laughs> Such homonym. A, right. And it is. Yeah, you know, like they is. want you to think she goes deep into the heart of her soul. She has to reconnect with her soul. <laughs> she has to re yes. And then and then she appears as a monster on the other side of the world, picks up this human and tosses him away. So, I mean, what, whatever. I just didn't <laughs> want to be able to predict that, you know? Right. I wanted to be surprised, and I wasn't. So, it, it, but yeah, it's a very, very solid, solid movie. And uh, we covered the shit out of this movie, too. Yeah. There's a couple little things. Actually, there's Are one there? big thing. There's one big thing I want to talk about. Okay, and yeah. that is another movie called War of the Gargantuas. Okay. Which I, I we may have talked about this before, but no. it's Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, maybe. I, I, maybe Wait. off podcast we might have talked about it. I don't know what we say to each other anymore. <laughs> I don't either. And when we say it. So, uh, I'm going to re-say this, and if it's something I've said before, it won't be the first time. Oh yeah. Ironically. Uh, so War of the Gargantuas is probably my favorite Toho monster movie that doesn't have Godzilla in it. Okay. And this colossal is War of the Gargantuas. Oh. In that, it, not not in that there's like body hopping alcoholics and shit like that. But the beats of two characters, one being this kind of trusting and kind person Mm. And one being this like ghoulish little shithead sociopath. Right. But in War of the Gargantuas, they are two giant monster characters. And the the Gloria monster, Sanda, goes through all the same shit where she she meets Gyra, the Oscar monster, and is like, oh wow, another thing like me. Awesome. Like, let's, let's work together. Let's be good together. Little does Sanda know, Gyra fucking eats people and is a, is a evil shithead. And it's this whole, the whole same back and forth happens where 
Sanda gives Gyra a second chance. You know, Gyra, they're, they're nonverbal because they're monsters. Yeah. But Gyra does the same thing of like of manipulating Sanda and trying to. Ah. And, and it, it ends with a big showdown. And the the showdown in Colossal, the human showdown, where they're they're kind of fighting each other and also racing each other out of the house to me is the most giant monster shit that happens in Colossal. That you know, you know what I'm talking about? That that brutal beatdown fight in the house uh, where they're yeah. breaking chairs over each other and fucking snarling at each other. And at one right. point, Sudeikis jumps in the pool and swims alongside <laughs> her and he's just eyeballing her. I'm like, that holy shit, they're acting like kaiju. They're people, but this is yeah, this is some monster like, shit. Yeah. And it just like that happens in War of the Gargantuas, where the one monster is betrayed by the other, and it's this powerful emotional buildup and catharsis when they finally beat the shit out of each other. We got to watch War of the Gargantuas. Yeah, I guess so. It's a great fucking movie. Um, but yeah, I just, that that's another light bulb that went off in my head watching this. I'm like, oh my God, they, yo, they made, they made War of the Gargantuas like by accident. And then uh, that made right. me really happy. Right. The, uh, the other thing I wanted to touch on is um, the director before the movie came out, he said, he said in an interview that uh, he had come up with the cheapest way to shoot giant monster stuff. And he was, he was very pleased with himself for coming up with this, mm -hmm. but also uh, kind of relished the fact that it would make people angry when <laughs> they saw it. And I didn't know specifically what he meant prior to watching the movie, but when you watch it, it's the scene where Sudeikis just starts stomping the wood chips. Yeah. Uh, and you just hear thousands of people screaming and buildings crumbling and it's 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 the you yes. know the, the scariest and worst shit that oscar does and it's uh it's achieved without any special effects and it's extremely effective like if the movie hadn't built up and hadn't you know progressed emotionally to that point that would have played off as silly i think I think it would have been kind of funny to see an yeah. adult man stomping around and and hear screams. But since they carried the emotional buildup so well and so smoothly to that point, I was fucking like heartbroken when he was doing this. I'm like, you gotta stop, you it asshole. Probably, yeah. He was. Uh, it was probably a fun day on set when oh, yeah. with some comedian there just like stomping <laughs> the ground and right. yeah. But in context, it's heartbreaking and nightmarish and i and and yeah uh mr vigalando you're right that yeah. is probably the cheapest way to shoot a monster scene yeah i f i forgot that his whole his heel turn uh started because she uh had sex with eli manning is that right <laughs> yeah yeah she doinked uh i think his name was joel oh yeah joel good old joel the cute boy i just thought it was really nice of them to put eli manning in the movie <laughs> Because he's not a very good actor. No, no, they didn't give him too many lines. No, uh, you can't overburden him with, with that sort of thing. No, that uh, that actor is named Austin Stowell. Austin Stowell. And according to the internet, he is quote unquote best known for okay. being in Dolphin Tale One uh. and Dolphin Tale Two. <laughs> uh, some other some other credits that. Uh, I was tickled by, or one of uh, the guy who played Tim, Dan Stevens. Uh -huh. He's from Downton Abbey. Didn't know that. Pretty legit. 
Uh, his more embarrassing credits include Night at the Museum 3, where he oh, played Sir Lancelot. The third one. Yes, the third Night at the Museum. No money surely came in for the third one, right? <laughs> I know the first one was like a blockbuster. Yeah, first one was a big yeah. hit. I didn't... Well, I didn't know there was a third Night at the Museum. I didn't know either. That's, That's some straight-to-video yeah, shit. It must have been. Oh... But uh, so he's doing okay. He's in Downton Abbey now. So yeah, whatever. I he's mean, he's, he's working. I was also happy to see Tim Blake Nelson as Garth, who I just know as the one guy from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? He's just a character oh. actor that I like. The he's the cokehead that uh, that I feel shitty saying that because Oscar calls him out as a cokehead, and it's like, fuck you, man! I kicked oh. the junk forever ago. Like, right? Because he's just drudging up anything that had hurt people. Y- yeah, because yeah. Oscar is a is the real monster and he's just a shitty guy. Right. I still, the thing is I'm thinking about that. I still feel betrayed by Oscar Yes, because I did like him the first part of the movie. You know, it's one, when you said I like this, but I'll never watch it again. It made me think of, uh, there will be blood, which I had the same reaction to. And it might seem silly to compare these, but I felt so fucking betrayed by Daniel Plainview that I was like, this was an excellent movie. It was very well made. I will never watch it again. Yeah. And Actually, I just watched The Master like a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. with, uh, um, it was a PTA movie. Yeah, about uh, L. Ron Hubbard, right? Well, not about L. Ron Hubbard, but based on L. Ron Hubbard, oh, where it's see. it's cult stuff. And again, it's like, you see the you see the charisma and, and like, you kind of admire like yeah. how good yeah. He is at it. Uh, I don't know if you feel that. Maybe that's just me. But it's just kind of like, I like to hear a good orator. Yeah. And I can admire that. I mean, as hu- like I think as and humans, it, we all kind we, of yeah. are drawn to that. Right, yeah. like a good politician. Yep. I can like kind of watch a good politician and be like, you know what? Bill Clinton, he... He's really good at this. Yeah. You know, like you watch him talk. He's like, he's fucking good. It's at, a, I know that he's a bad person. It's a type of performance yeah. though, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's dressed it's like up act, as, acting. yeah, it's dressed up as like, I'm communicating information to you, but it's more than that. It's like a, it's like a weird nonfiction one man show. It's basically stand up, but not jokes. It's trying right. to inspire you. And I, and it's. And it's such a manipulative thing. Yeah, and people like LRH and you know, like you don't they know all do that. you don't you don't know how much is they are actually um, making up and they know that they're making it up or they don't or you don't know how much they actually believe in or do they think that anything that they make up automatically becomes real cuz some people are like that. Oh yeah. But yeah, which it, is scary in a whole different way. I could watch that movie and just be kind of like, "Well, that's kind of impressive that he can just do that. Yeah. And knowing that there are other people in the world that can just do that. And you know, more than we think, sort I of, think there are, I think there are a lot of these people out there and it, that scares the shit out of me. And uh, maybe they don't are, all have a public platform, but maybe, you know, a couple in your life. There are, but it's sort of, uh, what those guys do is what, pretty much any like performer can do but it's just like how they choose to use it right you know like an actor can use their acting skills for good or for evil and for whatever reason people like l ron hubbard just choose to use it for that purpose usually use it for evil yeah right so to see a person in your life that is 
good at storytelling like don't distrust oh them. sure no like, yeah that that's a crazy rabbit good hole to at fall making down. And, shit up right yeah I, did, like, I didn't mean to i didn't mean to imply that every creative or charismatic <laughs> person is a horrible lizard but there's a couple maybe they are though there's a right i mean it's possible i feel like for every martin luther king jr there's like 20 to 50 l ron hubbards do you think that ratio is about right no no you think there's 20 to 50 L. Ron Hubbards for every Martin Luther King? Yeah. For, no. Which I, uh, okay. Martin Luther King me, was uh, really damn good at what he did. But yeah, he definitely chose to do it for good. But 50 L. Ron Hubbards? Maybe I'm overly Maybe you're pessimistic. right now that I'm thinking about it. And and let me let me frame the this. The thing is, in a less maybe ins- you were right, Matt. Are you hearing me? <laughs> And maybe that ratio is actually large. Maybe that gap could is be larger. worse, right? Yes. Like, and and I just I just want to clear up because I don't know if maybe this I might have phrased it insanely. I just meant to say that for every uh, like charismatic, uh, I'm deep in a hole. Speech right now. Sorry, person. Every for every for every person who uses those powers for good, there's a bunch that use it for ill. So now, okay, we're on this. Ter- We've is, fallen is, down a very strange. Oh, you bet. Hole. Is Trump one of those? The, Would you say that like he's he's good at that sort of thing? No, he doesn't. Because he's got some weird magic that he's pulling on people. I don't want to put this in the podcast. No, I, we'll I, cut it. Okay, good. Or put it at... at but anyway, uh, just to bring it back, whatever. We got off track. We well, did. it'll be a really bad cut. <laughs> oh, come on, Ralph. You can't, uh, you can't wave that magic editing wand and make it smooth as butter. We just went... No. This is just going to be real rough. We went into yeah. a bit of a tangent. A bit of a tangent about different people, <laughs> prominent ones. And now we're back. We are. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, <laughs> the world is hell. I was thinking about that on the way over. The, like. well, it is. And the the worst part is it's not like, you know, we're all trying to simplify it. It's really. We, you can't. You can't. I that's the thing. You can't identify these people until it's too they, late. Uh, yes, are fully dominating you. Yeah, right. And 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 that is the arc that Gloria has. Is she? Yes. She gets roped in by this, and that's one thing I really want to give. This Thank movie. you for bringing it back to the movie. Hell yeah! <laughs> I, uh, I I want to give this movie super credit for doing a skeezy quote-unquote nice guy as the villain without falling into obvious easy cliches because how much would this movie uh suck if instead of this upstanding kind of uh good friend shoulder to cry on pillar of the community what if instead of that uh the jason sudeikis character was the the fat gross neck beard living in his mom's basement i think in a lesser movie instead of pulling this excellent bait and switch yeah. they would have made the jason sudeikis character an obvious uh fedora wearing milady yeah or handsome but you can see oh, that there's sure. something wrong R- oh, like I see the kind of handsome where um he's too handsome yes in the in, and there's in a something way off about him right where, you, yeah. where you're like what is he doing but no jason sudeikis is a nice like you know like pretty good looking dude yep. uh and just looks like a dude he seems who's genuine. a nice guy. Yeah, he seems yeah. very genuine. They did a, it's a, it's a 
fucking fantastic villain. Absolutely. Phenom- that's the thing that sticks with me from this movie is how well they did that turn. It's And that will, that will be what I take with me, and I can tell. I could tell that when it was over, and especially after talking about it now, like that's just gonna be what I remember. I think I think that's a totally fair assessment. the The monster stuff is super fun, and it's important to the movie, and I liked it a lot because it it went places that I haven't seen in other monster films. But the heart of this movie is holy shit, Jason Sudeikis deserves an Oscar. Like, yeah, he probably should have gotten an Oscar for that. It's, it's if just, the world was fair. Yeah, um, yeah, man, it's it's very good. Um, one other thing that I liked about the director and kind of oh, getting more into the monsters. Oh, before yeah. we get off on a director thing, uh-huh. um, let's get off on a Jason Sudeikis thing. Ooh, yeah. I just wanted to, anyway, he can't, uh, he doesn't have any sense of taste or smell. Did you know that? Like in real life? For he, real? He, yeah, he can't. So, something's wrong. Oh no. He's missing. He's missing those he's missing sensors. A piece or... of himself. <laughs> That's why he could dive into the character. Oh my god! What if Ralph? I I tapped into my inability to taste or smell, uh, and a- adopted it to my inability to feel empathy. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, fuck! Can you, Im- Ralph? Can you imagine not enjoying? the smell of fresh cut grass or the, the taste of a chocolate chip cookie. The, those are the two senses that I care about. The rest of this crap could go. Oh yeah. Just ditch it. Yeah. You know, actually I could probably just taste. I was, but then they're, they're <laughs> linked. Just, you they know? are linked up. Yeah. yeah. You have to have both. I was just going to say of all my senses, I would probably ditch smell. I only want to shove things into my mouth. Bingo. Yeah. This is, oh man, Ralph, we're on the same wave. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, if I could not have the nose and have, and have the mouth work, then it'd be fine. Fucking forget it. That's the dream. Yeah. You could smell turds all day, then turn around and eat a slice of pizza. And, and, and yeah. Amazing. That's, oh, that's the dream. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just wanted to, I just, uh, another quick thing that I thought was neat was that the director, had no input into what the monsters look like and it's not like he wasn't allowed or they didn't do it he was just like no cg art cg artists just do your thing whatever you think is cool go ahead and do it yeah, yeah and his reasoning was that he wanted the monsters to really feel like something from a monster movie didn't he wanted it to feel like a natural extension of that genre that they were kind of spoofing and I, and i think it i think it plays out really well the robot looks awesome yeah the monster gloria's monster has like a, a very strange like a broad face and like a short stubby tail it kind of reminded it almost reminded me of like a locust or a grasshopper with mm. the weird butt tail yeah yeah it was a weird shape yeah and i just I don't know. It's different, and I, I liked it. And I think it's neat that the director was like, no, that's all you guys. I don't know how to draw for shit. Like, that was another thing yeah. he mentioned. It was like, I can't do art, so you guys do it. And I, It is interesting that he ended up being a robot, though, right? Soulless. Man. Mm, levels. And she's this little topsy-turvy creature. W- wacky little gremlin. Ooh, look at me! <laughs> So yeah, I think I think we squeezed the sh- the juice out of this bitch like immediately. I, yeah, we juiced this thing a long time ago, and then I had to say Jason Sudeikis didn't have a sense of taste or smell. 
That's what it was. That was a good. That's a great nug, though. I'm glad you dropped it is, that. It is. But boy, did we. And we had another tangent that we had cut earlier. This has got to end. R.I.P. to Ralph yeah. for, <laughs> for editing this. Thank you for your service. Proud we got to play Call of Cthulhu now. Yeah. So Yeah, shadow episode, baby. Yep. So uh, we should do our thank yous, yeah? Yeah, let's, yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's wrap this big boy up. All right. Um, what did you think of the movie? Would you recommend it? Yeah, I would recommend everyone see it and, uh, you know, just watch it on Hulu or whatever. Um, I, I personally would not buy it, you know. Sure. I, would, I don't feel the need to own it or anything, but it's an experience. I mean, yeah. check it out. It's cool. It's I, I fall into the same camp. Like it's absolutely worth seeing. I as a as a genre fan, it pushes those buttons and does interesting things. And then just as a film fan in general, it's a, just a great thriller. It would have been great if theaters were actually like sort of more vibrant. Um, as far as uh, lower level movies, are, yeah, uh, you know, like to just go and see it in the theater and then it just kind of goes away. That that's kind of I think ideally how you would take in this movie. Yeah, it's a one and done. You don't need yeah. to, like you said, you don't need to buy it. You're not going to rewatch it every six months or something. Yeah, shoot. but the theater would help, I think. That's yeah. All. Well, yeah. yeah, it'd be nice if mid-budget movies weren't essentially extinct. But what are you going to do? I'm not getting off on another tangent. No more tangentos. Yeah. Nope. Uh, so, yeah, let's get into those. Hey, let's get into those thank yous, Ralph. Ralph? Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. Ooh, you beat me too, it, you stinker. Uh, but yeah, Ralph made our theme song, Harkzilla, and it's Wonderful. awesome. And he thank edits you. and produces for us, so that's kick ass. Uh, I also want to thank Riccio again for putting this movie on our radar. Uh, Riccio, awesome choice, my dude. Yes, and thank you for giving us money for it. That is uh, also that a big part of it. Is a, yes. Pretty cool. Wonderful choice. Pretty fucking cool. Part. And I do want to uh, also just rethink our other glamorous and wise patrons Ooh. like Sacagawea. You guide us safely through uncharted territory <laughs> and help us survive in the harsh wilderness. Oh. Well, that's be, be very sure to, nice. It's yeah. a nice sentiment. Thank you. Uh, be sure to visit MonstersConquerTheWorld.com for more monster-mashing, kaiju-crushing chaos. Uh, we're on Twitter at MonstersConquer, uh, Facebook.com slash MonstersConquerTheWorld. Uh, and you know, if you like what you hear and you want to gain dominion over man and beast alike, go to www.patreon.com slash monsters conquer and become a patron. All patrons get access to a top secret patrons only discord lounge. And at the $5 level, you get access to a parallel universe full of shadow episodes. But, uh, you know, if you can't become a paid patron, you can make a huge difference by subscribing, rating, sharing us on social media, telling your friends, or by flying to Seoul, channeling a giant monster, and using it to throw Matt a mile and a half through the air. Oof. What a movie. What a movie. Watch this shit, man. You, For, watch it once. Did you do any self-reflection when you saw this movie? Were you like, oh, man. You know... I mean, were you, yeah. Were you like, because, because, I think you don't, you don't personally want to be like either of these characters. No, oh no, but you can. I'm sure most people can relate to both. At I think least it's in a, small ways. I think it is one of those slippery slope things for either direction. You know what I mean? Yeah. When a person, and it's exactly like what they sort of laid out in the movie, where it happens in childhood, and then you just slide one way or the other. Dude, I, man, I think you're right, and I. I really like the point that you made that they are Gloria and 
Oscar are polar opposites. I hadn't, I hadn't really considered that. That yeah. they're like on opposite ends of the spectrum. This, this is a good I, movie. Ideally, you want to be Eli Manning. You don't yeah, want to be any of those main characters. No, no, you want you, you want, want to be, be a, guy, yeah. a sweet, sweet, handsome dummy who sweet, yeah. hooks up with Anne Hathaway. Yeah, I'm just gonna bring up the music at this point. Yeah. Oh, sure. Because <laughs> otherwise, we'll never God, stop talking. about this. We're just gonna this. keep talking about this movie from all the different angles, and I'm gonna cry. Yeah, it's it's a better movie than it got credit for. God, yeah. Thank you, Riccio. Yeah, thanks, Riccio. Sign to corner. Sign to corner. Corda. Corda.